When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Rangers Rabble Academy Review number 11. Didn't think we would make it this far, but we have made it to number 11 quite incredibly. Tonight I'm joined by Alan. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, Joe. I am all good enjoying the sunshine, so I can't complain. Right, let's get right into the action. There's quite a lot to discuss for our wee half an hour fill-in this time. We'll start off with Sterling Uni. Um, a very comfortable 5 nothing victory. Goals for Charlie McCann, Charlie Lindsay, Alex Lowry, and a double from Robbie Ewer. Um, what did you make of the performance? Uh, just professional. Um, it wasn't the most difficult game. Um we could have, it struck me as a type of game, we could have made it more difficult if we didn't come out with the right attitude. Um, but we came out, we we got our goals, um, we didn't make life difficult, we didn't give them any chances to make life difficult for us. Um, so all around, all around professional, because that's that's the type of games that we're out, you know, there's, there's going to be, um, we'll find difficult for time to time. Um, but are winnable for a team of our standard. Um, and that, that struck me as that type of game. Come out, do the job, don't switch off, don't fall asleep um, and see the game out. And I, I know that sounds daft, one in five, nothing and seeing a game out. But, you know, you've got to you've got to keep these clean sheets and, and stop teams from pressing you and stop teams from having the ball. And um, that, that's certainly what I took away from the Sterling game. Yeah, well, I think it's one of those things, you know, I think when we... We spoke to Derek in the last pod when we were talking about these three particular games. I think the emphasis was on us to score goals and to score quite a few goals. Mm-hmm. And obviously, against Stirling Uni, we've won 5 nothing. In the end, as you say, it was all very comfortable. Stirling Uni didn't really lay a glove on us, in all honesty. I mean, I know obviously Chris McKee came off that day with a hamstring, hamstring injury, and he's mm-hmm. obviously still out at the moment. So that was a bit of a disappointment. But then, like, somebody like Robbie Yurk comes on the pitch, who's I mean, he's basically still an under-18 player, but he has played quite a lot of B-team football this year, and he scores a double. So when somebody drops out, you've got somebody coming in who then makes an impact straight away. And I think that's... 
been one of the important things for me this season. And that you know the guys for the 18s have stepped up and did well. Whether it's been like sort of Mackenzie Strachan, whether it's been Robbie Ewer, and I think that's been really really important for me. I think it's important that we keep pushing these lads because the moment that it's becoming too easy at 18s level, you've got to make that step up. And Robbie's always scored goals, and the fact that he can do it at B team level now is really really good for me. And it's something moving forward that we want to see more of, even with the new addition of Anna Alegria. Um, we'll move on to the Edinburgh Uni game. I know you weren't at that, so I'll just kind of chat about that for a couple of minutes. It probably wasn't our best performance this season, to be honest. We were pretty sloppy in the first half. I didn't feel like we really kind of cut them open that many times. Um, it was Lewis McKinnon that actually opened the scoring that day, which was a very a very rare moment for Lewis. The big man doesn't score many. In the second half, he showed a little bit more. I mean, obviously, managed to score kind of two kind of late-on goals, Alex Lowry and Cole McKinnon. But I think, in all honesty, that'll be one of those games that there'll be a slight kind of tinge of disappointment that maybe we didn't do more in the game, like we didn't create more chances, we weren't more clinical. But then I suppose maybe it's just us kind of having such high expectations for these lads that we want them to run up scores every single game. But we know that's not always realistic. But see, when you look at like sort of Rangers playing against the uni teams, is there anything that you're looking for? Because you know that Rangers are going to have a lot of control within the game, or is it just a matter of going and like sort of doing the professional job, which is beating them? I think against these teams, it's doing the professional job. Um, uh, one thing that struck me in the games that I've seen is there seems to be there's different standards in the Lowland League. There's teams that are knocking on the door of the senior setup. There's teams that are, if they have the ambition and the money, they could probably knock on the door right now. They're probably just very good junior teams. Yeah. And there's teams that are way out their depth. Um, so when we're playing the teams that are way out their depth, it's about being professional. Um, you know, for me, being professional, showing that professionalism, winning the game comfortably, but as I say, as I said, not giving teams opportunities. They'll all present something different. That, you know, the university teams, you know, their players may be a bit fitter. They're they're playing football or certainly doing doing physical activity a lot more than than some of the other teams whose players might be coming through a hard day's graft and then playing a game of football. Um, so you expect them to be a little bit fitter um, and can probably can probably um, match us for running for more than the usual 60 minutes that we've seen, maybe 70, 80 minutes in some cases. So it's about seeing that out as well and not switching off to that and being aware that, yeah, OK, we're playing Stirling University or Edinburgh University, but they can still pose a threat and every team poses a threat somewhere apart from possibly Vale leaving. Um, <laughs> but but every, most teams um, will pose a threat at some point and we've got to we've got to stay switched on to that. It doesn't matter if we're 1-0 up, 2-0 up or 5-0 up. No, I mean, I think that's a very valid point. Right, we'll move on to Vela leaving. Um, yeah, look, there's some games in your lifetime that you watch and things don't really shock you. And I think that was like the Vela leaving game. I know that outside the ground, some of the lads were kind of chatting about this could be double figures. And I know we've obviously got close to that already this season and regretting the game, but when I seen the team sheet and they'd one outfield substitute and literally that was the bench. That's not a great start to the game, is it? When you've got one outfield substitute to come on if there's ever any problems during the game. So it probably wasn't a huge surprise that Rangers run out 9-0 winners. Yeah. Um, 
look, I mean, look, without going too in depth in the game, it's clearly, you know, if you break that down as a, you know, a club like Rangers, I'm not too sure how much you take out of that game in the overall scheme of things. You know, Vela leaving are that club you're talking about, sitting down the bottom of the league. They've not even picked up a point this year, I don't believe. I think they've only scored like two or three goals. They've conceded a substantial amount of goals. I think on average they're losing like five, six goals a game. So clearly, you know, where they're going and where some of the other teams in the lower league going are completely different. Um, I suppose the one thing that we could talk about mainly was that Juan Alegria made his Rangers debut. Rangers obviously confirmed the transfer a couple of days prior to the match and he came on and took his two goals. What did you make of his wee cameo when he came off the bench? Brilliant. Um, I think I answered the question on Twitter at one point. Somebody asked, uh, or it might have been our group chat actually, somebody says Allegri looks really good. He did, but it would be difficult not to look good um, in, the, in that kind of game. Yeah. Um, he came on, I think he played half an hour, 25 minutes, got his two goals. He, you know, a lot. that was our first time seeing him. A lot of people wouldn't have seen him yet. Um so for anybody watching, please don't think he's another Morelos because he's not. He's he certainly doesn't look as uh, no as as, as physical. Um, but he's got the legs. He's a big lad. It's hard to believe he's he's still a teenager um, because he does look like a senior player. He's got senior experience. He's got international experience under 18s level, I think it is. Um, so he, he'll bring that. I. You know, he got his goals. He looked hungry for more. He took his goals well. I'd be very surprised to see him um, in the B team for the remainder of the season. I think he's going to be too good for that level. Um, he'll probably be there, as we spoke about, maybe up to Christmas time. And then we'll look to see how else we can de- develop him beyond that um, and get him ready for first-team football. For the rest of the lads, you know, as you said, really leaving their way, their way out their depth um, in that division, unfortunately, um, without trying to sound disrespectful to them. They were a glorified pub team. There's a couple of players um, who I thought, looking at them, would struggle to last the 90 minutes. Um, so I expected that type of performance. I expected Allegria, Allegria sorry, to come off the bench and get a couple of goals. Um, and I expected us to hammer their goal Maybe not score as many goals because, you know, keeper can make saves, you can hit posts, you can put it over the bar. But I expected lots of shots on goal in that game and it didn't disappoint from a Rangers point of view. And again, that's what was expected from the lads on the day and, and they delivered that. And you, you can't ask for any more than that, regardless of who the opposition is. If they deliver exactly what's expected of them, then, you know, we can't, there's no complaints here whatsoever. I, was, I went home went, went home very happy with the result and the performance. Yeah, I think that's it. It's that kind of fine line between winning a game of football and being happy. Because at the end of the day, it's a great day for Ross McCausland. He suffered a lot with injury recently. So for him to come in and get his hat it's great for him personally. Aaron Lyle scored a couple of goals. One of them was an absolute belter. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, my to score two. Tony Weston made another goal, which just seems to become normal every game that Tony kind of jumps in with a goal. And big Lewis McKinnon scored again, twice in two games for the big Northern Irish centre-half. So, yeah, I think... In the overall scheme of things, when you look back at the three games, it's three clean sheets, which I think most of us would have expected, if I'm totally honest. We've scored 17 goals, which is fairly good going, and it's nine points on the board. I mean, that's all we can do. We can only beat what's in front of us. I know it's one of those old cliches that people probably think, ah, that's just nonsense, but it is. And as you said earlier on, it's nothing disrespectful towards Vela leaving, but they don't look like a team that's going to win a lot of games this year. 
They don't look like a team that's probably going to score that many goals. And it must be tough for those guys to roll out every week and get beat and not even get a shot on target in some games. It must be really, really tough for these guys. Yeah, their big centre forward, I think we could count on one hand the amount of times he touched the ball. Yeah. Um, it must have been a frustrating afternoon for him up top. And I'm pretty sure he was glad when the referee decided not to play. They're, them, his and their goalkeeper would have been glad when the referee decided to <laughs> forego any injury time and just blow the whistle back on the 90 minutes. No, and I think I think for some of the guys after the game, it's probably just a matter of thinking, as you pointed out a couple of times, it's the professional side of the game. You went, you won the game, another clean sheet, a couple of guys managed to bag some goals. You know, we've got the international break now, which is good for some of the players. We'll be away with Scotland, be away with Northern Ireland. So that's really good for these guys. We'll just kind of step ahead a little bit. Next up for Rangers, Bonnie Rig Rose. They've obviously been the team that's been very impressive so far this year in the Lona League sitting top. Then we've got Air United in the Cup. And the SPFL Trust Cup, it's no longer the Challenge Cup. And Gala Ferry, Dean, yet again, a team that's done reasonably well this year. What's the kind of expectation in those three games? Do you think that Rangers can win all three? Or do you think that these are three games that we're going to be really tested in? I think we'll be tested, but I don't think there's any reason we can't win them. Um, right. I think, you know, for any Rangers fans that haven't seen the B team yet or are looking looking on Twitter and Facebook and seeing the final scores and seeing we're, we're hammering some of these teams, um, don't get too comfortable and think that, you know, we're going to end up running away with this league because there's tougher games to come and this is them starting to come now. Um, Bonnie Rigros will fancy themselves strongly to win the league. Um, Air United, you know, that's going to be a massive challenge. I'm glad that's at Dumbarton. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm checking regularly. I know it's still a fortnight away, but I'm checking regularly to see when the tickets go on sale. Um for the, the Tuesday night game there because that's going to be a massive challenge for them that's you know in, in terms of leagues in terms of leagues I mean it's we're, well, there's what 30 places between us and them in the, in the league set up um, uh, so that's a massive challenge for the lads to play a senior team like that um, and a decent senior team as well you know here United are no mugs um, so it's, uh, we might not come away with exactly what we want for these games um, but I think there's no reason that we can't if we've got a strong team we get players back as, as you mentioned there's been a couple of players back for injury um, McCausland it was great to see him get some minutes in his legs if we can get them fit um, and have a strong pool of players to select from um, there's absolutely no reason that, that we can't win these three games and I said I said in the last Academy pod that I've done you know there's absolutely no reason we can't try and kick on and, and win this league. Um, it may not be the primary objective for the season, but if we win the tough games like this coming up, and we've already won tough games. Um, I thought Spartans in particular was a tough game. All right, we lost to Civil Service Strollers. Ironically, I don't think they're the best team we've played so far this season, um, but they were the one team we've lost to. So there's tougher games coming up, but if we win these games, and there's no reason we can't, um, it could be a really successful season, and as I say, a good run in the the, the SPFL Trust uh, Trophy. It's it's possible, and I think it'll track start to attract a lot of interest. I'm expecting a big crowd at the United game, um, and I think if we can put Air United out and move further in the in the cup competition, um, it'll a lot of bears who have been 
looking looking at the B team and dipping in and out, he's seen how the first team are going. It's going to encourage them to go along, and I think that's fantastic for the for the young lads in the B team as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, the Bonnie Rig Rose game is going to be interesting. You know, they're clearly a team that's played with a lot of confidence. You know, they've they've won a lot of games so far this season, and the fact they're sitting ahead of us in the table shows that they're a good team. Um, it, it's obviously an away game. You know, they always seem to have like a decent like sort of crowd as well. So it might be the first time where the boys have been away from home and there's maybe like more home fans than there is away fans. Mm-hmm. So that'll be an interesting one to see how the lads cope with that. Air United, it depends what Air United turns up. If it's their strongest eleven, then clearly that's going to be a real, real test. You know, a good team in the championship. They've obviously got some ex Rangers players. They've got a current Rangers Loney there and James Maxwell who will not be allowed to play, obviously. But if they show up with their strongest 11, I think that's as good a test as we'll get this season. I do think they're still a very good team. And yet again, like, after that, you've got Gala Ferry, Dean away. Yet again, not an easy game. And I think that these three games will probably tell us a lot about, about the squad and about where we're going to finish this season. Because if we can come away from those three games with three victories, obviously you're into the next round of the Cup, you've knocked out championship opposition. You beat the team that's top of the league and you've beat the team that's fairly well up the league as well. So for me, it's a massive couple of weeks for the players. And obviously, with the draw recently for the UEFA Youth League that we've been drawn against Hammerby of Sweden, I think the home game for that one is the 29th of September. And it's probably going to be played at Partick Thistle's ground. I don't know if that's been confirmed yet, but it looks like that could be the case. Um, So that'll be another really great tie for the lads. And some exciting games coming up, and I hope that more people come along to the B team games and, and watch these lads play because there is some genuine excitement around some of the talent that's coming through. Um, we'll just kind of switch slightly away from the B team at the moment, but it is still to do with the academy. Um, Robbie McCrory, <laughs> um, obviously, because of the COVID issues at the club, and he's pretty much been kind of thrown in at the deep end, having to go to Armenia and play in that extreme heat. And then obviously come back and playing the old forum game. What did you make of Robbie? Obviously, a kid that's gone through the academy that's done his loan spells, you know, sort of taking his chance when it was given to him. Absolutely fantastic. Um, as you said, he's he's came through the, the loan spells. There's a couple of Rangers fans that I knew that I've spoke to um, who were a wee bit nervous about McCrory going in because he had a bit of a ropey spell at Livingston. Um, but I, I had no I had faith in him. Um, I like Robbie McCrory for what I've seen him. Um, I think the loan spell's done him well, and he had to start somewhere. Um, you know, we saw it with McGregor. I think it was was it Dunfermline or St Johnston. McGregor was out on loan at as well when he was yeah, his he age. Was, yeah. was it was it both? Um, you know, so these these lads they've got to start somewhere, and they come into the first team. And when you're a when you're a third choice goalkeeper, your chances are very very limited. Um, yeah. because the chances of both first and second choice goalkeepers being out injured are slim to none um, but in the times we live in Covid took, took them both out by the looks of it and suddenly McCrory who probably thought he would be watching the the game from the Eastern Closure with the rest of the first team um, was suddenly thrown in uh, to these two massive games for us and we say that for weeks we say that in the in the, the, the pods the main pods as well during the week although it's only August it was the biggest week of our season um, and McCrory handled that excellently he, he never had a great deal to do against Alish Kerr um, he took a knock well 
uh, in my opinion. <laughs> it could have, it, you know, that could have done to his confidence. It could have, it could have made him a bit nervy about going out and meeting the ball. It didn't. It, you know, he took that challenge head on uh, against Celtic. Had a couple of saves to make, but nothing that I thought was was extremely dangerous to him. Um, he organised his defence well. He spoke to him, spoke to them well. He communicated all the way throughout the game. Uh, I sat in the Copeland rear, so you know. You know, I was watching him uh, at times and, and watching how he communicated um, and made make sure made sure his point got across. And, and that's against seasoned professionals who have been in the first team and are you know ten years, you know six, seven, eight, nine, ten years older than him. And he wasn't afraid to get his point across. So he's confident in that respect as well. Um, so I had no problems with him coming into the team whatsoever, and I'm more than happy with the two clean sheets. And and hopefully I'll get other opportunities. I know that means that we might not see. McGregor or McLaughlin that much if McCrory does get his opportunities but if we really want to test this lad to see if we've got a ready-made replacement for McGregor then he's going to have to get game time and I think he will I think he's earned the right to get some game time with his performances against Alish Kerr and Celtic Yeah look I mean I've obviously seen a wee bit of Robbie over the years he's obviously kind of did the hard yards you know he went to Berwick Rangers and then he's done a couple of spells in the championship I think it was with Morton and Queen of the South Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's obviously had these kind of two spells at Livingston. I mean, we're talking about a kid that's still only 23, and in goalkeeping terms, that's still pretty young. There's obviously the odd goalkeeper out there, like, like sort of doing a rumour, who at like 18 years old is already like a monster, basically, you know, and now he's at PSG. For most other goalkeepers, they tend to be in their early 20s when they make that breakthrough, like to become the first choice goalkeeper. I mean, I think Alan was around about 23, 24. So for Robbie, maybe it was just kind of one of those things where a little bit of fate kicked in and he was in that opportunity. As you say, like against Alash Kerr, he could have probably got the sun lounger out at times because there really wasn't much to do. But against Celtic, it's not it's not just about it's not just about making the saves, it's about like sort of coping with the noise, you know, knowing where everything is in front of you, making sure that your you know that your defence in front of you is solid. And like the two or three saves that he had to make, they were good saves. He never looked like he was nervous. His kicking was good. His handling was good. So for me, I think I think people will start to look at Robbie slightly differently now in terms of the lad, as you say, that was the third-choice goalkeeper that might not get much game time this year. People will look at the two games and think, you know, we can trust Robbie now. You know, I mean, if there is an injury to Alan and maybe like John is suspended or whatever happens further down the line this season... You know, if Robbie has to come in, I don't think there'll be as much nervousness as there was obviously prior to these two games, which I think for Robbie's good because it'll make him feel more confident. And when you walk into the ground, you know when there's a nervous feeling in the stadium. Whereas now I don't think there will be with Robbie, and I think that can only be good moving forward. Um okay, we'll quickly kind of come on to Nathan Patterson. Yet again, another guy who has been at the academy, who's been promoted into the first team. The talk of Everton making those bids of five million and eight million is that a good sign for the academy that we are, you know, like working with these lads, developing them, helping them get into the first team? Once they get into the first team, they're pushing for that first team spot. Is that what our academy is all about to develop these kind of players who can then maybe further down the line go for a bigger fee? I think it has to be. I think. Um... We're at a stage just the club, as a club just now um, where we need to, at some point, we're going to be looking to sell players on and making profit. And that's going to include 
include the young players because trading players is part of the game. It's a massive part of the, the, the game of football now. Um, and I think that it's a great sign for the academy that we've got Patterson there and he's attracting that kind of interest because for years gone by, the biggest criticisms, you know, when Ockenhow was, was built and it was Murray Park to start with and it was going to, we were all, you know, going to focus on youth development, one of the biggest criticisms we had of the place as Rangers fans was that we weren't producing young talent. And I understand that at Rangers, young talent don't, don't get time to settle into the team. They need to hit the ground running. And players that couldn't do that, they were moved on quickly, but they were moved on quietly as well. And it was for very little, very little fanfare and very little money, if anything. Um, but the fact that Patterson's came into the team, he's he settled into the team really quickly last season. He, again, like McCrory, he's took his opportunities really well. Um, and he's attracting interest. You know, he's been involved in the in the Scotland setup, the international setup, which is which is fantastic for him. Um, for his development and for his to build his profile, um, I hope that that he's uh, a Rangers player for many more years to come. But you understand that if, if a team like Everton are coming in a Premier League team um, and offering big money to him, big wages to him, you know you can understand why he might be interested in that. And at, at the end of the day, as I said, we're a business. We're at a stage where we're we're going to have to sell players to um, to make profit. And if somebody's coming in with eight, nine, ten million pound for a player that's played twenty games for the first team, it's, it's, it's hard to ignore that kind of money. Um, but hopefully we will. Hopefully we will be able to fight it off because I hope he's around for a long time. And it's um, it it's, it should it gives the rest of the young players something to look at and see. Yeah, Patterson's doing well for himself. Okay, I might not make it at Rangers, but if I stick in with the Rangers uh, youth set up here. I could get a big move like he's been offered. You know, I'm going to have a great career in football. It might not be here, but I can have a great career in football and, and play at the very highest level. So it encourages them to work to dig deep and work that bit harder as well. So I, I think it's it's great for the club. It's great for Patterson. It's great for the rest of the youth players, um, and it's it, it's um, it, it helps build on the reputation of of what we're trying to do. Yeah. No, I think for me, Nathan has been a real standout when he's come into the first team. He's looked so comfortable. He's a marauding fullback, very much in the mould of our captain. You know, he loves to get forward. He loves to get into the box. He's capable of scoring goals. He's very good at getting into really dangerous positions. And I think even just going back to the B team quickly, what will help these guys this season is, is anybody can come and watch the B team. So if there's managers at, you know, League One level, whether it's the Championship, maybe it's other teams in the Prem, it's a lot easier now to see these young players at Rangers. In the mm-hmm. past, it wasn't always easy to like, sort of come to the reserve games and stuff like that because they were at awkward times during the day. But for some managers now, it's easy to say to maybe one of their coaches or one of their scouts, you know, do you want to go and take in that Rangers B team game? Because we quite like, draw like a Robbie Fraser, or we quite like Cole McKinney, maybe try and take him in loan. I think it, like things like that just make it easier. And I think for the boys moving forward, when they look at somebody like Nathan, it should be a real spur. I mm-hmm. mean, Nathan probably wasn't, what you would have considered a standout like you know, three or four years ago. You wouldn't have picked him above some other players. But look at him now. He's in the first team. Whenever James Tavernier is rested or he's injured, Nathan's straight in that team. And there's no fear when Nathan comes into the team. He's already played big European games. He's already played in Old Firm games. So there's absolutely no fear on that. And I think that's great. Um, just to finish up, we're going to talk a little bit about, obviously, that last Kirk game away 
clearly we were kind of down to the kind of bare bones by that point. But what type of experience was it for guys like Cole McKinnon and uh, Aaron Leo and Alex Lowry and guys? Uh, how good was that for those kind of guys, Jay Hogarth, just to travel with the first team, be part of that, and to kind of know what it's like to be in that environment and in a tough away European game? Yeah, I'll have done them the world of good. You know, they'll have, they'll have, as young men, they'll have seen probably a part of the world they'll have never seen before um, or wouldn't see if they weren't, you know, playing football. Um, but to go away with the first team, be involved in that setup, how the team set up for which was what was a big European tie for us. Um, and I think it was probably good as well that there was a group of them went, you know, sometimes if a player gets promoted for the for a youth team or a reserve team into the first team, they might not know people quite as well. Um, and they might be a bit shyer, a bit more reserved and, and not really take part in, you know, take part in the group discussions. Yeah, they take part in training, but they don't really take part in the group and they don't feel part of the group. So for them to go, you know, half a dozen of them go together and be involved in that setup, it'll have been good for them. They'll have felt a lot more comfortable and a lot more relaxed. Um, no, I was just going to say quickly, I think you're absolutely spot on. When there's a group of guys like that who all know each other, who've played in the same team as each other for a for a sustained period of time, it's easier to go away, isn't it? You know, I feel yeah. like you're a lone kind of youth player and you're going to be the first team squad at that and going away. It's maybe not that easy. You know, it's intimidating. Yeah, of course it can be. Yeah. But the fact there was like five or six of those lads on that trip, it must be phenomenal. And like sort of confidence must be high. I know they'll obviously understand that some of that's due to COVID and that there's other reasons behind them being there potentially. But it's the fact that they're there. It's the fact that they were part of the group that made it through to the group stages. And I'm yeah. sure we will see some of these boys on the bench in the European games because clearly we don't have the biggest of European squads. And like COVID's not exactly disappearing anywhere. So it does mean that obviously over the course of this season, whether it's the league or whether it's the cup competitions or in Europe, there is a real chance for these guys to kind of soak in that atmosphere, you know? And I think moving forward for all the players, just keep performing well. Just keep showing up well in the B-team games. If these lads can play well against Bonnie Rig, against Aaron, against Gala, yet again, it could be another two wins in the league and you're foot in the next round of the cup and the confidence is high, and I'm sure the manager will get reports back about who's playing well, etc. And it might mean that they end up sitting on the bench in one of these massive games. And to me, that's what it's got to be about. And then you obviously push yourself further to becoming a first-team player. Has anybody stood out for you in the games you've watched so far this season? Uh, I think, as, as I said before, there's there's been a few that have, have really impressed me. Most of them have really impressed me. I've never came away from a game, even when we get beat against civil service, civil service strollers, I've never came away feeling disappointed or like it wasn't a good performance. Um, Robbie Ewer, I, th I think I'm, I'm excited by him. Uh, Charlie Lindsay looks looks the experienced player that he is. He's, he's came from a, a good set-up to us. Um Cole McKinnon's an exciting player, I think. Um, we obviously know about Leon King, Jay Hogarth. Um, it's hard to pinpoint, and I look forward to seeing uh, Allegria a lot more in the very near future. Um, I'll be really interested to see him up against a senior set-up like Air United. Um, you know, Tony Weston's another one. I could go on. There's, I can't pinpoint one player that I can't no. pinpoint one player that I think Alex Laurie. Uh, I can't, you know, I can't pinpoint one player that I think he is going to be the standout player for me um, for this season and 
Wilton might expect him to see him in the first team at some point because um, there's so many of them that have got the ability to do it. And yeah. as, you, as you said, COVID's not going away. So, you know, okay, some of these lads might not have been involved in uh, the last couple of weeks because their positions were well covered by senior players. Um, but next week, you know, it could be the central defenders that are wiped out with COVID and we'll have to bring in guys like, you know, re- recall guys like uh, Leon King. Um so anything can happen. It's, it's it's so unpredictable at the minute. Um, so any of these guys at any point could get called up to the first team. So they're going to have to keep impressing um, the way they have been in the last the last few weeks. Right, guys, that pretty much kind of cracks up for us. We think we're kind of 30 minute mark, so we're not going to bore you any longer. There's a lot more to talk about this season. Thanks again for tuning in and listening to us talk about the Stirling Uni, Edinburgh Uni, and the Vela leaving game. Um, if you've got any other thoughts on guys like Nathan Patterson and Robbie McCrory or anything we've said during the pod, just drop us a wee message. We can obviously get back to you. Um, thanks very much. All being well, we'll have another pod after those three games that we mentioned earlier, Bonnie Rig Rose, Air United and Galaferidine. So we'll check us in and thanks very much and take care of yourselves. We'll see you very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.